0: Uh, On board, I have Katie and Jack from Wentworth and Rose joining me. Uh, Wentworth and Rose are based in Harbourn in Birmingham. It was started in 2012. Katie joined in 2014 and Jack joined later in 2017. So they cover the South Birmingham area, offering lettings and sales, and they pride themselves on being the number one local independent estate agent in the area. Their success is down to keeping it simple and delivering what they set out to achieve. So Wentworth and Rose are very different to every other estate agent in that local area. They offer quite a fresh, vibrant and dynamic approach that isn't matched by any other estate agent that I've seen anyway in that local area. Coupled with their driven values, this is why they've succeeded in the estate agency business, which is great to see. So I'm looking forward to really getting into what it was like setting up the business, but also the transition from where they were before into this company. So welcome both to the podcast. Thanks for coming on.
1: Hi Chris. Morning
0: Chris. How are you both doing? All right busy morning so far?
1: Yes selling lots of houses already.
0: <laughs> that quick plug, quick plug <laughs> for in the Rose selling as many as you can. <laughs> um, so the, the podcast I just wanted to get into kind of how the business started, where it's going to, what, what you're using at the moment to really enhance the business but I want to take a few steps back and and get an idea of what you did before your estate agents. And we'll go ladies first with Katie. What did you do before you was an estate agent then?
1: I worked for a local black cab company. Did on you the phones. I wasn't a black cab driver, but I was um, on the telephone taking people's taxi orders.
0: You take the drunkards sure. at like 1am?
1: Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: can imagine you dealing with them. <laughs>
1: Um, it was good fun, trying to make sure everybody got home okay, um, but yeah, that was my first job when I was like 18.
0: Yeah, was it Harbourn, was it?
1: Yeah, yeah, TOA Taxis,
0: who are based in Harbor Oh yeah, the, pro- the proper black cab company then. Oh, only the best for me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you might get that vibe on this podcast. <laughs> and then what about yourself, Jack? What did you do before you was an estate agent? Well, I'm not sure I can
2: remember before that, Chris. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I mean, I guess really before a state agency it was lettings. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I, when I came out of uni, I worked for, briefly for a mortgage acquisition company, um, and then and then started with working with a letting agency in the city centre. So that would have been, um, gosh, early two thousands, so two thousand and five, six, which is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, for me it was it was lettings, and then um sort of coming into a state agency more as uh, as our business got bought out by a big corporate um you know back in gosh remember that Been 2011 12 i think it was
0: because you both worked for the same company didn't you in into what what was that complicating why did you make that move into independent then
1: um, well, the company was Countrywide and it was originally, however, it was Accord, who were based in the city centre, um, but they were acquired by Countrywide. Um, you know, and great, both great companies to work for. Um, but I think from my perspective, you know, I would kind of always wanted to do something on my own and my mum and dad wanted to really help set something up. know with me um so luckily for me they did a lot of the background work in in setting something up in harbour and we just knew that we really wanted to take more of an independent approach and really kind of strip it back just to giving really good service but maybe taking away some of the you know the corporate elements of you know how to run a business and keeping everything quite streamlined and kind of building that in so that we've got the best of both worlds really
0: Mm. must have been quite a big difference making a step from corporate and i think a lot more people are doing it now since the pandemic they've realized that do you really need that huge corporate backing to be a successful estate agent and more people are going on their own now aren't they how big of a leap was that from going from corporate to to independent casey
1: um well you you say goodbye to all the comfort of you know having company car yeah. you know knowing what you're earning as a minimum so it something that's already, so successful into something that you've literally got to build from scratch. Yeah. Um, but I certainly was up for the challenge and I knew that I'd been, you know, quite pivotal in building up some of the, the businesses that I'd worked with um, as part of the countrywide group. Um, so I knew that I was up for the challenge. But, yeah, quite scary going from, a, you know, a secure job yeah. um, in, into kind of, you know, not having any security at all.
0: Yeah. And what Look was you the like was it similar for you, Jack? Was it? Because you, um, Yeah, I mean, you I think later, you? we had
2: we had such a good grounding at Accord. I mean, it was a it was a fantastic business. Um, we were market leaders at the time. You know, we'd got we'd built a portfolio of over a thousand units in the city. This was in the early 2000s when the market was really hot um and similarly in leamington it was it was a really it was a forward-thinking business in some in some respects it was probably a little bit ahead of its time because we were doing we were doing online listings back then weren't we you know so i think it's quite interesting the way some of these ideas come around and you know it's it's a question of actually the market being ready for some of these ideas sometimes um but accord was brilliant um we both Really loved that business. Um, You know, it was acquired by Countrywide for the right reasons. I think for me personally, yeah, I mean, it it created some fantastic opportunities, but you can't shake the feeling that you are pretty straight jacketed in that role, regardless of. Uh, what you do in the business and where what you go on to do, and you know, I was really fortunate to do some some fairly big roles during my time there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, regardless of your responsibility, you still you're still answerable to uh, to various different rooms of management. And I think for me, what I'd sort of forgotten about coming back into an independent um, sort of work ethic was, you know, you just. You, you can be so much more dynamic in your approach. Mm. Um, and, and really that's where the corporates are hamstrung. There's, there's, nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with the corporate approach at all. You know, it's, it, suits, it, it suits some customers, but I think the rate at which things are moving and the way that people's expectations have changed over the last few years, um, to be able to to be quick on your feet and and you know to be ahead of the curve, I think is probably more important than it's ever been. Because with with COVID, you know we're having to we're having to read the market, you know week in week out as it as it evolves and changes. And um, you know no two weeks are ever the same at the moment, are they?
0: No, and I'll get into that side of it in a minute because it's interesting to hear you talking about city centre and when you talk about being dynamic you obviously have the knowledge of the city centre. So it made sense for you guys to go into that market, didn't it? And you could be dynamic. And then you saw an opportunity in the Bourneville area. So you went into that area. And I don't know in in the corporate setting, would those opportunities be there? Could you have moved that fast, Katie, if you saw an opportunity? But whereas now you can do, can't you?
1: Yeah, you you definitely wouldn't be able to see a a marketplace that perhaps needs you know, needs a business like went with and Ray's um, and you wouldn't have been given the freedom to just run with that. And um, unfortunately, there'd be a lot of hoops to jump through um, before an initiative of that would yeah. even be considered. Um, whereas, yeah, like Jack said, we, we're able to be really, you know, quick on our feet. If we see an opportunity, we're able to run with it and go with it. Um, and I think you know that puts us apart not only from the corporates really, but um, you know from most other agents. We we do see an opportunity and we just go for it, don't we, Jack?
0: Yeah. So no. what would you say is the best part of being an estate agent now or letting agent, whatever whatever part of the business you're in? What would you say the best part is? And we'll ask. We'll go with Jack uh, Jake first. Um, Jack, even. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I mean, the thing that I really enjoy, and, and I was sort of as my, I guess as my career changed, we countrywide, I, I moved further away from this, but actually re-engaging with customers um, has been has been really good. That you know, there's no doubt that um, expectations are probably higher than they've ever been, and um, you know, for the right reasons, you know, we're we're selling people's most important asset at the end of the day. Um, and um, you know quite rightly I think expectations are very high Um, so you know meeting engaging with those people understanding what it is that they want um, and actually being able to deliver that and not necessarily having a service where the customer has to fit into a certain square Um, you know we we can work on the fringes of that to develop a, a proposition that's I think um, really going to help them to get to the point that they want to get to, you know, understanding what the motivations are. Um, You know, I think that's, for me, that's been kind of the the, the thrill of the chase, really, and getting back involved in that side of things and um, helping to grow the business that way. Um, And we're really fortunate that so much of our business, well, I'd say, you know, 90% of our business is recommendation and word of mouth. Um, So... I'm sure we'll talk about some of the other other channels that we're using as we go through the podcast. But um, you know, the biggest provider of of our of our new business is is, mm. is people recommending people, and that's so powerful. Mm. Um, so, uh, but but you know, to get to get customers in that kind of mindset where they they think you're the you know the, the best thing since sliced bread, isn't isn't always a straightforward thing. You know, it's
0: uh, and I think that's that's what I love about your businesses. Both of you are directors of the company, but you still both go out and list, don't you? You go out and value properties. And that's I think that's so important. Do you enjoy that side of it, do you, Kate? Oh,
1: I love it. Yeah, yeah it's my favourite part of the job. Um, I was, you know, I went out yesterday um, and valued um, a beautiful apartment just at the top of the um, high street. And it was so funny because, um, little did I know going into that appointment that um, one of the vendors knew my parents from four, well, from over 50 years ago Um so it was so lovely to be able to sit and talk to somebody that didn't invite us out on that basis they didn't kind of know that there was a connection um, but when we kind of got down to talking about the history of the business and who my parents are and you know there was a real connection there and you know that was so lovely and he was able to tell me that um you know my mom was apparently hot a bit of a hottie back in the day (laughs) so (laughs) She'd probably kill me for sharing that right now, but um, (laughs) so we had lots of giggles and, you know, lo and behold, yes, of course they want to use us to sell their property, but, you know, they they just said, you know, they, they called me back later that day and said it was such an obvious decision. Because you know you're clearly so passionate about Harborne and you obviously know so much about Harborne, so that was really nice to hear, and obviously great to hear stories about the
0: parents. <laughs> go back and tell your dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> there's not many businesses in the world that directors will go out and be the face of the business, will they? as you guys are out there building that personal brand and building yes the Wentworth and Rose brand but people see you too as Wentworth and Rose don't they
2: I think that's the, one of the biggest challenges for businesses as you know how scalable is that as they get bigger and bigger invariably you know the the directors do get distance from the business and I think um certainly you know when we look at our current growth and future growth I think that that's a massive consideration for us isn't mm. it really you know um, you know and I think that I guess probably a lot of that goes back to um, the way, you know, the way that we recruit and the way that we take people on because yeah, being the face of the business is great. Um, We can't cover every single appointment, but right from the minute that we pick up the phone or answer the email, um, you know, that, that customer is building an impression of your business, aren't they? So we're only as good as, you know, the guys picking up the phone. Um, So it's, um, it's a team effort, but yeah, I think you're right. Being, being the director, obviously, and being out there and doing the appointments is is quite powerful.
0: And that's that's obviously something you do different. But why do you feel that Wentworth and Rose? Because Harborne is such a competitive market, isn't it? There's, I mean, I remember working in Harborne years ago, and there were like 17 agents on the High Street, stretching from the top to the bottom, which I've never seen anywhere else. So, what puts Wentworth and Rose apart from other agents, Kate? Um, I'm not willing to give away our secrets, Chris. <laughs> 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 we, we, just, we just send Katie's mum out, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think it touched on it a bit there, is, is your team, they're all trained in a way, and they all, they all buy into that independent, local, friendly ethos, don't they, from the minute that you pick up the phone?
1: Yeah, I, I do think, you know, um, jokes aside, it, it's about the personal service and it's about the team. And, and you know, look, of course, it's about the success. I think people can see, you know, based on a very little amount of research that we are selling more than anybody else locally. Um, we, you know, and we're getting amazing prices for people as well. And, you know, and I think that kind of speaks volumes. Um, so it's just kind of making sure that, we're doing everything for every client um, and, you know, touch wood, that seems to be really working for us.
0: Yeah. And in terms of your marketing, you have ad- adapted to the changes since the pandemic kind of mm-hmm. video tours. And I mean, the, the house prices that you deal with, I suppose people do expect the highest level of marketing, don't they?
1: Completely. And I think it's needed. Um, I think, you know, the photos, the video, they're all likely to be the first thing that your buyer is going to see of your property. Um so it's got to impress. Yeah. Um, and there are still people, you know, there are still rightfully people that are reluctant to come into physical viewings. Yep. Um so the video tours really enabled them to see, you know, in, in an accurate way what the property is, the flow of the property. Um, and I think that really kind of helps people in people's interest until they can physically view
0: and of course, you've got all the PP in place. So after this podcast, if you check out um, Wentworth and Rosen's socials, there's a photo of Kate in a full boiler suit, <laughs> mask visor. But it's, it's having, and we'll get onto social media in a bit. It's That's a very personal thing. You're showing your face, albeit just your eyes, because your mask was covered and everything. But it, it's showing your face and building your name in the local area, isn't it?
1: yeah completely
0: so when you when you joined in 2014 what were the kind of the first things that you did to start really growing the business to what it is today
1: um there was a lot of um, marketing that we did a lot of you know going out and trying to network um yeah. you know living in Harborn at that time made it really easy as well to you know, I, I was, I didn't have children at that point. So going down to the pub and, you know, talking yeah. to people, um, you know, was quite easy. Likewise, when you're going out to dinner, um, I think all of those things really kind of played a part to, to enable people to know, you know, again, who's the face of the business really, yeah. um, you know, mom and dad had, didn't, had done such an amazing job, but I think me coming in just kind of gave it a little bit of a spur um, to kind of take it to the next level
0: yeah push it and become that face of the business mm-hmm. and then so you then join in 2017 Jack how did how did you then take it to the next level because you had the Bourneville business then didn't you that's when that really started to kick off didn't it
2: yeah yeah I think there was some I think there was some sort of quick wins in terms of uh, how we use technology at that point in time so there was some sort of system changes weren't there that we we put in place um, which really were designed to sort of free up a bit of time and enable people to focus on the important task of dealing with customers really so again you know it's probably something that we'd we'd sort of always done back in the day with the cord it was very much process driven um so that so that we could you know focus on the the customer and getting you know getting to where they wanted to get to really so Yeah, we looked at Bourneville, we did City Centre quite rapidly at the same sort of time. Um, You know, those things don't happen overnight and you don't don't build market share, um, you know, and and suddenly find that you've got loads and loads of instructions. I think what's amazed me has been sort of some of the historic relationships that have come back into play. Uh, People that perhaps I hadn't engaged with for years who um, I'd started doing business with again. And then I guess now having been with the business for four years since leaving Countrywide, um people coming back to me who you know either sold to a few years ago or might have been out doing viewings with me, um, you know who've remembered us and and thought about us when it's come to you know buying and selling and and letting the houses out, you know, so um, yeah, Bourneville was a great opportunity. Um, and I think that's that's created um sort of a lot more in that area and kind of giving our business some sort of broader wings, hasn't it, really? Um, yeah,
0: it gets your name more widely known, doesn't it? That you're not just yeah. focusing on your Harbourn area. You, you're now in the city centre and, and Bourneville. And that's quite an interesting one, city centre, especially with everything that's happened in the last 12 months. Where do you see the city centre going now? Are you finding more people are moving out of the city centre because they're remote working or is there all yeah. for it that because rents or prices are maybe cheaper? How's it looking at the minute?
2: Um, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I would say it's probably one of Birmingham, Birmingham's biggest challenges at the moment from a housing perspective. Um, you know, there's some, there's definitely migration trends that have emerged, so people moving out of the city because, you know, naturally the reason people live in the city centre is to be near work, um, to yeah. go out in the night, uh, to have access to bars and restaurants and obviously we know that that hasn't really been going on and also green space. Um, you know, I think I think we're fortunate in Birmingham that we have actually got, you know, some some nice areas that people can go and visit in the city centre, but um, we've definitely seen people moving out to the suburbs, a lot of those professional people have come to Harbour and Edgebaston, Baston Bourneville, so it, it's benefited our business in terms of the fact that we've had some good quality buyers there and, and tenants. Um, but I do think city centre has seen a drop in rents, um, and certainly from a salability perspective, um, the investment market has definitely slowed down a bit. Um, so I think you know, I, I know that I know Andy Street, sort of not too far off, um, you know, uh, sort of. They're going through the re-election, aren't they? The re-election process at the moment. So I know he's got some some ideas about how to attract people back into the city, but that's got to be key now moving forward. Um, I know he's looking at sort of leisure facilities and things of that sort of nature um, just to try and entice people back because other, otherwise, you know, we've got a double whammy of all these brand new apartments coming hitting the market at the same time as people leaving the city centre.
0: Yeah.
2: Um um,
1: and when it's buzzing I mean the city is amazing you know and obviously you know the last 12 months it it won't have been you know at its full capacity at all but you know when things are open it is an amazing city centre you know we've got such good shops, such good restaurants so yeah we just want everything to kind of be back to normal so that people can fall back in love with the city centre again.
2: I think, yeah, just just to add to that point, you know, what what's really, I think, started to emerge in the last probably four or five years is, is the, the sort of creative element that we've got in the city. So, you know, I know we talked a lot about independent estate agency, but there are, you know, there's a lot of independent businesses that are cropping up who, again, can be more dynamic than these big corporates. Yeah. Um, And, you know, are sort of looking for opportunities to create things that will attract people into the city. You know, Digbeth continues to go from strength to strength. Mm. We know there's a lot of residential building going on around there. Um, Similarly, similarly the gun quarter, um, you know, top of the jewellery quarter. There's there's plenty of redevelopment happening around there. So, uh, you know, I I think we're all pretty hopeful that it will come back quickly, but I suspect it will probably be a lot of these independent businesses that will be... You know, really attracting people back into living in the city centre. Mm-hmm. Um, you if know, you with... wait,
0: if some of these corporate companies, huge corporate companies, that do give up these offices or these like retail spaces, that the government helps these smaller businesses to be able to go in there and hire staff. And you know what I mean? Your yeah. art and bread shops and your your coffee shops, and really attract, as you said, attract those type of people that want to shop at those places back into the city centre. And and leisure is another big one as well, isn't it? If they can really crack that. It could have another an extra boom in the city centre. Hopefully,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. So, how do you find? Obviously, you cover round by the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. You cover by the University City Centre, all around there. How's investment? How have investment properties been affected as a whole? Have you seen more investors in the market now wanting to put their money into something secure like property?
1: Um, we're probably dealing more so with buyers that want to move in to properties. Okay. I, I still feel that maybe investors are a little bit nervous about what the market's doing. And obviously investors haven't had any um, benefit with the stamp duty um, holiday and yeah. the extension of that. So, you know, if you're buying a, you know, a, a, an investment property, you're still going to be paying the 3%. So um, I'd probably say the market is certainly bu- more buoyant with buyers that are looking to move into properties than investors.
2: Yeah, I think that the lower, you know, the lower end sort of investment market where you'd have a landlord who might have two or three properties. I think that's probably where it where it has slowed down. Um, But we're probably seeing more of the bigger sort of institutional investors. Uh, We're seeing, I think, a lot of money coming in from London who are looking to acquire HMOs, drive high yields. Um, You know, so properties that have got existing HMO licenses uh, are doing very well. Um, but also, you know, there's a lot of land acquisition going on as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's still, interestingly, a lot of commercial acquisition going on. So, you know, speaking to a guy um, I know who's very active in the commercial market, um, you know, they're, they're actually running out of stock at the moment, interestingly. So you'd kind of assume that a lot of that space has been shedded. But I think for everybody that's moving out of spaces, there's, again, probably you know, different sorts of businesses moving in, uh, looking for opportunities, uh, which is all which is all very exciting, really.
0: I think commercial space perfectly leads me on to what I want to talk about next, and, and that's your office, because a lot of estate agents want to have kind of the little office on the high street, and it's just a very square-fronted shop front, and it's a window with window cards. Whereas you're in this beautiful building, aren't you, on Albany Road, just off the high street, and it's if you ever get chance what i'll try and do is is put a link in the podcast notes to this but to see the office it just stands out on its own doesn't it do you get a lot of comments from people on that because it is about the image especially in that area for me in harbour and i want to see an estate agent with with a presence on a road
1: <laughs> Well, thanks for such lovely um, oh, comments at the office, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, the office, the building is so impressive. It's probably one of the most beautiful buildings in and um, We are very, very pleased to, um, to you know, to, to occupy um, the offices here. Um, and yes, we, we do get lots of lovely comments um, because, you know, from an external point of view, it looks amazing, but also the interiors are really beautiful and we've tried to make it really homely. We've got sofas and, you know, we've got like a really beautiful big doll's house for children to play with when they come in. Um, so, yes, it certainly doesn't look like your typical um, office, I would say, not necessarily a state agent. But um, it's, yeah, it's the creme de la creme. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think, I think the, um, the thing that we've, I mean, most estate agents sort of historically, Chris, I think started with really they've used the office as kind of a, a place to stick, stick all their staff. And after doing deals on the phone and, you know, the interesting thing for me has always been, well, you know, from a customer's perspective, there's nothing more um, uh, sort of, I think, not concerning, but sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uninviting than walking into an office, seeing a bunch of people um on, on Wall Street kind of style. Yeah, probably having yeah. conversations that you shouldn't be listening to. Yeah. um And it's quite an in- intimidating environment. That's the word I was looking for, intimidating. um So you know we, we shield our customers from that. Of course we you know we've got we've got those kind of conversations happening but actually we wanted somewhere that was more of an experience for people to come in, have a coffee, have a chat, um discuss what it is that they want to talk about and um you know again it kind of ties in with the sort of the lifestyle element of what we do really so so yeah again i think times have changed in that respect i I think that old school office environment is not you know why would you want to go to an estate agent it's not a destination for people um and and i think that trend will only continue really
0: the thing is people are grasping that now but anyone that's listening. can't forget that this was set up in like 2012 so that was nearly 10 years ago you've got to think you were ahead of the curve thinking more about the consumer rather than the actual business itself and the Mm -hmm. setup of that and that's leads me perfectly on to the branding side of things where your colors so it's 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 a like quite a vibrant green isn't it with the gray but it's also classy as well and there's no other estate agent that would have done that in the local area so your boards definitely stand out don't they when you're on, when it's on the high street against other boards, was that intentional?
2: <laughs> well, I, th- I think it definitely was intentional. I think the, um, you know, the branding. It's amazing how powerful that is, really. And it's, um, I mean, we did a we did a board redesign last year. Mm-hmm. We spent so we spent such a long time on it, um, and um, we we're really pleased with the outcome. But actually, if you look at the if you look at the after versus the before. There's not actually a massive difference between the two. There's that that's there's that sort of continuity of branding. Um, there's name, you know, the name resonates with local people because they are their local roads. I think you know, I can't take credit for that. It 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 sort of uh, goes back to the founders of the business. Um, but I, but I think um, you know that that really that really resonates with local people. And I think it's amazing um, how powerful that can be because. you you do look at a brand and you you automatically associate it with a certain type of service or a certain type of property. You know, being very honest, I guess probably one of our challenges really is that we we don't necessarily position ourselves at the upper end of the market. We do do a lot of higher end stock, Mm -hmm. Um, but equally, you know, we're very happy to represent properties that are sub Mm -hmm. 200,000. And and I think, um, you know, that's probably something to be aware of when it comes when it comes to branding, you know, and you're covering the whole of the market. Yeah, you've got to appeal to uh, everybody. Else yeah, there, haven't you? exactly.
0: You. And then, so you've obviously been very successful in the local area. People know your name, your colours, your brand, your faces. What we're working together on now is taking that onto social media, aren't we? And that's where we're introducing more and more of the team online because your team is really important to and the people that work in the business, isn't it? And now it's taking those people and trying to get their faces well known. And it does take quite a few photos to get the right one, doesn't it? <laughs> well,
1: and filters, let's be honest. With you. <laughs> you know, I love a filter.
0: <laughs> but how important is it to be engaging with that local community?
1: It's so important. Um, and I think you know more important now than ever, because people haven't, People haven't necessarily had the opportunity to meet us for obvious reasons and obvious restrictions. So, you know, we want people to know that there is a face to the end of, you know, that phone call. Um, Because, yeah, probably email activity has been heightened and phone activity, but the ability to really meet with people has has been a little bit more restrictive over the last year. Um, So we want people to know, you know, the beautiful faces of the people that they're talking to.
0: And then the voices as well, isn't it? Because as you said, more and more people are emailing. What do you do? What's been done different in the last kind of six to 12 months compared to when you did viewings before? What have you had to change or offer in terms of valuations or viewings?
1: Um, The PPE element is is really important. So, you know, we we are coming to appointments with masks and gloves. Um, We're also ensuring that anybody that is viewing, um, you know, we really only want more, we don't want more than two people from any household um, accompanying the viewing. Um, And and these aren't really our restrictions, these are the the restrictions that have been set to us by the government guidelines, Um, you know, which I'm sure may well change over the course of, you know, the the next few few weeks or months. But, you know, it hasn't stopped us doing the job luckily and we, we were one of the first industries that were given the green light to kind of get back to it um albeit with some restrictions um to follow but you know people are really sensible nobody wants to expose themselves to risk unnecessarily um and you know we've had some really good feedback about the professionalism um of how we've been conducting viewings um you know and just kind of making sure we're not um letting anybody kind of get into a risky situation
0: because you're really big on protecting your vendors and landlords as as your customers aren't you so talking about obviously the PP from a physical perspective but protecting them to make sure that buyers have finances in place yeah. or the tenants have had the respective checks done and it these extra i mean you've done this all along but obviously there are more checks now because you don't want to be letting anyone walking around houses but It hasn't affected the business at all, has it? It's probably made it, like you were saying, you're busier than ever, aren't you?
1: Yeah, and it, we are, and, and we're using our time a lot more smarter because we are working with those buyers and those tenants that are actually really ready to go, yeah. um, and are kind of, you know, have committed themselves to the move. Um, so yeah, it, it's given us freer time to work on those people, um, and you know, we, we we want to help everybody, and we obviously want to take people through their journey, um, but we're just kind of doing it really with the ones that are kind of ready to to go.
0: Ready to to go, yeah not almost window shopping, I suppose have a free spare saturday afternoon and just want to have a nose around a house which yeah. any good escape agent will be able to whittle out those people anyway wouldn't they
2: yeah I, I think th- there is an opportunity there though because those people you know quite often it comes down to sort of the education of the process and actually there's still opportunities there's still there's still people there that need to speak to financial advisors who perhaps I'd, you know, maybe thought about doing that at a later stage, you know, we, we want to get those people into a position where they are viable opportunities for vendors. Um, and actually, I think a lot of that probably is is more education than sort of, um, you know, them trying to you know, um, slip beneath the crack. Of course, there's, there'll always be the odd the odd ones who've got nothing better to do on it, a Saturday afternoon. But actually, I think gen- genuinely, a lot of those people probably just need guidance to get them into a position where you know they can be considered to to, to buy the property that they they really want to buy. Yeah. You know?
0: And um, you've done more video tours of properties now, haven't you? What do you think will happen when everything goes back to normal? Will people still watch the video tours, or do you think they'll all just be straight back into physical tours?
2: I, I've, got, I mean, I've got a mixed view on this. I mean, I, I, think, I think there'll always be a place for them and I think there'll always be people that will really benefit from the video tours and we've seen people relocating from other parts of the country who have made decisions on buying, you know, £500,000 plus properties um, based on the video tours that they've seen. So, so you can't deny how powerful they can be for certain people. Um, I'd say the vast majority of people um, still want to go and see and feel the property um, and and actually experience it in the flesh. you know, so I, I really think it's horses for courses. I, I, I also think there's an element of you can almost give too much information to people, and they can discount properties that would have been perfect for them had they come and seen it. Um, but um, yeah, it's a fine line, really. We, we want to give we want to give them as as much of an opportunity to help them make that decision and develop their shortlist, but also we want them to still be really excited when they walk through that front door and discover things that perhaps they hadn't been able to find on the video tour um so you get it
0: don't you people walk into the hallway and as i've had it before <clears throat> you walk into the hallway and it's kind of oh yeah this is the one i can just feel it sometimes yeah. you get that don't you? and you can't grasp that with a video tour i don't think personally
1: no mm. i do think um yeah I I think they are great particularly for the for the moment that we're in now um you know I I always kind of you know suggest to to my vendors that they're also a really lovely keepsake of your property um that you can you know show the children or the grandchildren when they're older and you know you can kind of you know share memories and stories and and use that as kind of a tool to do so um you know from a yes from a business point of view I think for the here and now they're they're kind of essential um but whether they continue to be i guess is is you know you need to be yeah you've never
0: thought of that actually it's a keepsake because you've probably been to valuations before and they get the the property details from 30 years ago when they bought the house that will be happening in 30 years they'll be showing the estate agents the videos of when they they bought it yeah nice keepsake actually like professional photos if they have a nice brochure done it's nice for them to keep isn't it definitely so business is very good so we're going to Take a moment now and think if you're going to be creating a completely new business, you've been picked up and moved to the very North of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone and internet connection. What are the first few things that you do to start generating new leads from a, for an estate agent business?
1: Do
2: you want to get yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh, well, for me, it's, it's probably, it's quite simple really. I mean, I think, I think the, the biggest thing in that kind of situation would be developing your network because, you know, assuming that you're going to be developing your network from scratch, um, I, th- I think it's a case of getting out there and speaking to people. Um, you know, probably I would say that the pub. I'm sure there'd be some great local pubs uh, up in Scotland, so uh, I'd I'd be hunting out hunting out the pubs and, uh, and maybe
0: do some business at the end of it. Is that <laughs> may
2: Yeah, yeah, do a little business, but I, th- I think just just sort of you know getting to meet people. It, you know, I think we've we've sort of Known from our own experience that it just it takes a while to build those relationships, and and you can't expect things to happen overnight. But actually going and seeing people face to face, assuming that you're in a place where COVID restrictions had been uh, been lifted, then then that's that's what I would start with, and then and then I'd probably focus more on you know start focusing on the uh, the whole sort of online element and building building the brand to support. to support what it is that I'm I'm going out there and speaking to people about and would you be the
0: same Katie
1: definitely I'd probably do it in a different in a different way but you know I would probably be joining the yummy mummy classes um, because i think that's a really great opportunity when, when you've got children you know you get to talk to other parents and you know most of these people have bought and sold properties or you know may want advice on you know on their next purchase um so uh, yeah i and you know it's always nice to um to do something with the children but you know sharing with other other mummies i think is is always a good one as well you what
0: in 17 episodes nobody's mentioned like a mom's group that's the first oh, really? yeah that's the first one obviously people have talked about going out there and physically getting to know people but yeah, yeah the mum's class I suppose you you sat there for one two obviously I've never been to one of these classes but you <laughs> sat there for like one two three hours while your kids play yeah. what yeah. you, you know what, I mean? what do you feel your conversation with well it's perfect you can be they've got to know somebody that's selling or buying a property don't know and that's where your leads come Do to. I need
1: to watch out for you at
0: the next <laughs> mummy class I'm going to <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs> probably the Wigan next to on it to sat anyway um <laughs> Ross, so it's all about for you it's that it's that personal connection isn't it it's it's going out and meeting people and getting your exactly what you've done we went with them rose isn't it getting your name and your face out there
1: yes completely
0: perfect well it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on thank you i hope people oh, well, got you. loads of value from that the, the last question i ask is as a thank you for you coming on i donate 10 pounds to each charity and um, one that's close to your heart. So. Jack, which charity would you want me to go for? Um,
2: well, we've got um, Mary Stevens um, Hospice sort of fairly near to us. And, yep. um, you know, we have in the past um, done, done work for them. And I think they'd be a very, very valid charity to support. So if you're, if you're OK with that, Chris, that'd be yep. right. And
0: then are you yeah. the same, Katie?
1: Um, well, I was going to say the same, but could you maybe do AGK? Yep,
0: yep, no problem at all age uk it's 10 pounds to age uk and 10 pounds to mary Stevens hospice yes yeah, St mary's
1: hospice perfect that's lovely thanks so much for having
0: us going well, on guys it's been, it's been great i hope people have got a great insight not just to what's happening with the market at the minute but how you've got the business to this point because it 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 has i think you're summarizing it from the last what seven eight years as just yet yeah, we've built it up but it's been a long slog hasn't it
2: yeah. yeah it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a slog does it it's yeah. just gone uh, it just goes so quick Definitely. you know it's uh, it's it's scary how quickly it goes really um I'm, I'm, I'm probably showing my age Chris yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. well thanks for thanks for coming on guys and speaking thank to you me. Chris yeah, yeah
2: thank yeah. you bye bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.